You're listening to Orange County's only station with critical business information, Critical Mass, with your host, Rick Franzi. And welcome to today's episode of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. This business talk show airs live on Tuesdays at 4 p.m., heard exclusively here on Internet Radio Station, octalkradio.net. If you're listening to this show as a podcast, we encourage you to consider listening to the show live during our broadcast time. If you are listening to this show as a podcast, we'd like to say thank you, because in the last 30 days, over 8,000 downloads of various episodes of Critical Mass and the radio show series have been listened to by you in our listening audience. This show is brought to you by our sponsors, Succession Strategies, Commerce National Bank, Smart Business Magazine, and our newest sponsor, Smart Stop Self-Storage. The goal for this show is to help you, our listening audience, make better business decisions. If you'd like to join in on the conversation today because you are listening to the show live, Find the community chat room section of octalkradio.net's website. Log in with your Twitter handle. This will bring you to my engineer. Today it's Paul Roberts, just on the other side of the glass in the studio. He will then bring your thoughts, ideas, and questions to my attention, and I can hopefully work them into one of the two interviews that we have planned for today. If you're listening to the program expecting to hear my interview with Doug Wheeler of Summit Performance Group, Well, just hold on, because he'll be with us a little later in the program. Our first guest today is Ken Tenser. I've asked Ken to be on the show to talk and explain his eight steps to brand reinvention. His company is Spiderworks, and through that, Ken's helped develop a holistic business-building firm that actively supports high-growth companies and those that finance them. SpiderWorks helps businesses develop their face and the path to success. Let's welcome Ken to the program. Ken, welcome to Critical Mass Radio Show. Thank you for having me today. Uh, Our pleasure. Let's begin simply by asking you to give us a little sense for your professional background kind of prior to SpiderWorks. Well, really, I I define my whole uh, career as being an entrepreneur. I come from a family of entrepreneurs, and after my uh, undergrad and graduate degree, I've worked for, chose to work for entrepreneurs who are successful internationally, and then I struck out on my own, and I bought into a fledgling firm that manufactured bath and body care products, and grew that from startup to about $8 million in seven years, and, and I uh, sold out. And, and from there, I've, I've gone on to uh, the spiderwork stage of my career. Okay, so tell us about SpiderWorks and help us to understand the inspiration for SpiderWorks and then also what makes your firm different in the marketplace? Sure. Well, firstly, um, my business partner, John Cardoso, started SpiderWorks, well, it's about 21 years ago now, and he started it as a strategic design firm, and I joined 10 years ago. And, you know, to be honest, the inspiration for joining the firm, it uh, it really wasn't mine. Um when I first sold out of my other business, a business friend of mine asked me if I'd help him and his company with marketing growth and, uh, and, and growth strategy, and also to help him see projects through to execution. And 
I, I talked to John, who who had worked with my um, first firm for many years, and I said, you know, I, I think there's a real opportunity here. I think there's an opportunity to to work with firms in that sort of five to twenty million dollar range that are that are pretty flat at the top. It could be an owner entrepreneur, uh, top level manager if it's if it's a subsidiary, and they don't have a lot of support. And you know, they're they're looking for a little bit of help, not just in thinking things through, but actually getting things done and and you know getting them into the market. And that's that's really how we we got going and, and came together. And I, I always say it all goes to prove, you know, the best inspiration really is uh, the customer or the marketplace. That's true. Um, yeah, just going on to your second uh, part of the question, what what makes us a little different? Well, I, I think one of our clients uh, actually said it best. They say, um, you know, Spider, we we help companies step back and reimagine who they are and where they fit into the marketplace. So we, we really work with companies and, and consumer brands that, that find themselves at a, a point of major change or a, a major decision in their growth uh, pattern now. You know, they, they, might have, they might have noticed their customers saying something to them. Um, maybe they see a, a market shift or a global trend that's going to impact their industry or possibly one of their competitors zigged or zagged and they'd like to you know help rethink what they can do to, to stay current and fresh and we really help them uh, understand you know what i'll say the true value that they bring to their customers and when i say that i a lot of companies are really um they still think of themselves as commodities they, they think of themselves as i'm in the chair business or the pen business but the really great companies don't think about commodities. They think about consumer or customer platforms. And, you know, if you look at Disney, they're about fun family entertainment. They're not about, you know, character animation. And Dove has never been about soap. They're always about real beauty. So that that's really what we, we help our, our, our clients do is understand that really strong customer platform, identify who they are, what the opportunity is, and then you know, bring it to be in, in the market and help them communicate it. What's the first thing you do when you're on that discovery with your client? How do you get that information and that understanding? Well, the, the first stage, you know, we, we throw the numbers out and we go to the emotional part. You know, we, we always seem to start um, these brainstorming sessions with realm, reams of data. And, and I always like to understand, you know, what's behind them. Again, really delve into why are we in the room today? What, what was it that you saw or heard? What, what is it that's bugging you that made you pull together, you know, your top executive team and, and some outside, you know, consultants or support people that, to help you think it through? And that starts them thinking about, you know, okay, what am I really here to do? And it's not about to analyze, you know, chronology and revenue. It's, it's to get to the heart of what is my customer missing or, excuse me, my business missing or what do I perceive that it's missing to, to really engage my customer going forward. And I, I think that conversation is, is really where we start with all of our, all of our clients. Understand that pain point. And again, why am I in the room today? Excellent. You know, um, the topic of innovation 
is usually associated with technology companies, whether it's Apple or other technology firms. Uh, you have a little different view on that, and then you have a view on how you uh, link innovation and branding together. So I'm wondering if you could share how branding and innovation go together in your model and for the work that you do with your clients. Sure. I mean, innovation, firstly, I mean, it's, it's about bringing new ideas to market. It's, you know, and I say to people that technology, I mean, just to go to your first point, te- technology is only innovative um, when it's changing the consumer marketplace. If you're the seventh search engine in the market, then you're not really innovative. So um, you have to be bringing something to market that's actually going to change it and impact customers' lives. And that can go to product, process, or service. So the whole notion of branding and innovation, we actually see that as a new customer retention model because quite simply today, branding is about the relationships that you build with your customers, and innovation is about keeping those relationships fresh. And and whether you're, you know, it's business or interpersonal, we know that if, if you aren't introducing new thoughts and, and fresh thoughts and ideas into relationships, they go stale. And in business, if they go stale, then, then your customers are going to leave you. So you always have to be thinking about, you know, how can I engage, re-engage my, my customers, on, customers on that ongoing basis? Does innovation have to come from an epiphany of kind of like this outside influence or can innovation in your experience be kind of self-generated within the firm do you understand my question yeah, does it I, okay. I don't think that innovation is um is an epiphany I, I think it really should become as inherent as sales or marketing or finance i think it's uh, as much business muscle memory as any other function and really it's um as I say to people, you know, the answers aren't in your screensavers. You've got to tilt your head up a little bit and look at the wide world around you, and, and the ideas will come from there. And and what I mean, you know, very pragmatically is get out of your office, uh, go to events, go to events that aren't, you know, maybe relevant to, to your industry, see what other people are doing, uh, join roundtable groups or workshops, and all of a sudden, you're going to see that, you know, that, that creative muscle that we seem to lose as, as adults or, or business adults, it, it starts coming back. And you start recognizing some pretty simple opportunities um, to introduce new products. And, I mean, look, one of my favorite innovations is, is the cake pop. And I, I, I just remember walking... Uh, I think I was in New York the first time I had a cake pop at a, at a Starbucks. And it's just this funny little, you know, round piece of, of cake on, on, a, on an old-fashioned popsicle stick and the sprinkles on it, and they charge you silly amounts for it. But it, it's really engaging, and it's engaging because it's, it's a small indulgence. And it's, you know, I'm not going to say it's, it's diet food, but it's a lot less fattening than in a huge piece of cake and and um you know so that little piece of cake on a popsicle stick highly innovative and and there's millions and millions sold every year now so no 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 great epiphany learn to use your eyes and ears use your feet you know walk around new areas of, of, of town or when you travel get out of your hotel excellent 
Thank you. We're going to take our first commercial break. And, Ken, when we come back, I'd like you to share, of all the things you've learned in your business career, a key lesson maybe you've learned that you're using as partner and CEO for Spiderworks to lead and grow the firm. So we're going to come back, ladies and gentlemen, after our first commercial break. And Ken Tenser is going to share with us what we call here on Critical Mass his guiding principle after these words from our sponsors. Can we talk about your family business? You know, that thing you put your whole life's blood, sweat, and tears into? Well, what happens when you retire or try and pass that business on to your children? At Succession Strategies, we can help you find the answers. We'll guide you through the unsettling process of protecting your family legacy and successfully passing your business on to the next generation, safely and securely, ensuring that it'll both survive and thrive for generations to come. So ask yourself just one question. Can I really afford to wait? Take the first step. Take our complimentary self-assessment at SuccessionStrategies.com or call us at 714-560-9022 to set up a free consultation at your convenience. That's succession-strategies.com. I got stuff to the right, more stuff to the left. Got enough stuff, but I can't take a step. So I smart stopped and took a minute to think. I need a little better spot, not under the sink. With Smart Stop, I leave the stress at the door. Cause it's the smarter way to store. Smart Stop bucks the system. Your first month's rent is just a buck. Your next three months are half off. Call 888-97-STORAGE and mention this station. Goodbye clutter, hello floors. Smart Stop, the smarter way to store. Welcome back to Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. And if you're planning to call Smart Stop, please let them know that you heard their commercial on octalkradio.net during the Critical Mass Radio Show. Let's return to our interview with Ken Tenser, partner and CEO of Spiderworks. Before the break, I said we're going to ask you to share your guiding principle. If you would do that, I would appreciate it, Ken. Sure. It, it goes back, um, I'd say about 10, 15 years now when I, when I owned and I was building my manufacturing firm. And I, I found that consultants would always come to me and they'd, they'd actually try and tell me all the things that they thought I was doing wrong. And it was like they tried to justify their worth by trying to, to, <laughs> to prove me incapable, if you will. But I had this fast growing profitable business. So I never understood what they were thinking when, when they took this approach. So, I always promised myself that if I ever sat on the other side of the desk that I'd start by asking clients all the things that they were doing right um, to become successful and then start probing what was bugging them. So what, what I'm saying in my guiding principle is uh, always start with, with, with the positive, um, whether you're looking at your own firm or you're working with other firms, and then ask yourself, sure, what can I improve? What can I do better? Because there's always something that you can identify that, that can or needs to be improved within your firm. And, and again, I guess it's, it's the way people treated me that I've sort of turned the tables and tried to, to treat my clients and customers and teach people how to treat their own businesses with a very positive point of view. Because as an entrepreneur, I mean, you know, I, it, it takes a lot to be successful and, and a positive attitude and, and 
being continuously able to, to challenge yourself and, and look for improvement is, is the way to go. What works good for them here? How does that how does that turn into a different practice here? Well, I think one it, it helps them um, think in, in a in a positive mode and from a positive perspective. And I think that that's a really important place to start. I mean, especially with entrepreneurs or people building their own businesses, or, or frankly, in large organizations, there are things that we, we should be proud of. And when you come in and you start, you know, saying, okay, what are those great things that you've done? Um, one, it, it brings a very positive attitude to the room. They don't feel, um, you know, nervous about you being there. They don't feel nervous about the exercise. They feel uh, quite empowered by what you're doing. And then they start to accept that, sure, you know what, if I'm doing 90% of the things right, um, it's okay to identify, you know, those, those next steps to improve. So I, I think it really does put you on to a, a very positive footing from, from the outset. And, again, the room takes, you know, it moves to that very positive tone, which a lot of times when you do workshops or you bring people together, it, it there's that nervous factor of why am I here, what, what, what is management looking for, and, and I try and get rid of that feeling very quickly because all I want to do is, is look for ways to help people be better at what they do. I think Rick's back with us here, and he's the original Mr. Positive here. Uh, you know, if if he meets somebody that lost a leg, he's going to immediately start talking about how much money they're going to save on shoes here. This is, a, this is a very positive outlook guy. Is that right, Rick? If you say so, Paul. <laughs> and I'm sorry that I dropped off, but I wanted to come back because I, as an author of a book, I'd like you to talk a little bit about what surprised you since you've published the book. You've obviously had people who've purchased it and read it and it's influenced them. I'm always curious when we have authors on the show, Ken, what didn't you expect or what did you learn or what was different in the response to the book than when you had, what you had anticipated as you were crafting it and developing it? I think I've been surprised by um, how people didn't quite grasp what innovation was, um, how simple it could be, how powerful it could be. And, and what I mean by that is that, um, the, it, and it, we touched on it earlier in, in, in the interview a little bit, it's not about the epiphany moment. It's simply about bringing an idea to market and the idea can exist within other industries and you simply bring it to your firm or your industry and i think that people are so um you know so fixed on on coming up with that home run swing that they forget to those small things that they can change within their companies um every day or every week if you will can can truly make a huge difference and and one of the easiest ways is a notion called process innovation, which is where you simply change something in, in, in the process that, that brings your product or service to your customer. And, you know, for example, I mean, I've, I've found the power of LinkedIn and the sense of um, how I link with people, how I get feedback um, from customers, from market groups, how I find people who can either be customers who might want to work for me. And, you know, this this free or pretty much free tool changes the way that, that I can converse with the market and find people to hire. And it helps me get feedback to ideas much more quickly. So 
the use of LinkedIn for, for those things really do change processes in my company. And, and that, that is innovation. The cake pop is innovation. Uh, the, the small things are just as important and, and more readily accessible uh, to, to most of us than those large home run swings that, well, unfortunately often cost people businesses or large chunks of money. So let's talk about growth and what you see in the future for SpiderWorks. If you could sort of explain an opportunity or the opportunities you have, how those opportunities for growth are going to impact the firm and you know what you're doing today to position continued growth within your firm. Sure. I, I think the, um, the major thing we're working on, I do a lot of workshops for um, private companies or or groups within larger companies. What I'm doing right now is I'm translating those workshops into uh, experiential mornings where you might bring 30 to 40 uh, people together from different companies to work on innovation or the branding plus innovation equals customer retention model so that they start to begin to think a little deeper about what they're offering the customer. And what that's doing is it's, it's taking my time and it's multiplying it by 40 people and possibly 20 or 30 companies. So it's adding revenue. It's, it's leveraging the intellectual property and the assets that I have uh, to, to form a, re, a new revenue source uh, for my company and, and hopefully, you know, create some longer-lasting relationships coming out of that morning. So that's, uh, you know, that's something that's, because of the book and the, the initial workshops that I started to do, it's, it's opening up a lot of doors for me. How would someone learn more about SpiderWorks? How do they find you online? Uh, causeofdisturbance.com. That is a great URL. How did you decide on that? Well, I think that today you, you have to cause a disturbance, as we say. You have to shake up the marketplace. You can't be afraid to do things a little bit differently. And you have to, uh, you know, bring new ideas and new points of engagement to your customers all the time. And I, I started talking about this two, three years ago on, on that first book tour, and, and people have just, they just sort of love the idea. Well, I appreciate you giving a little bit of what you know here. I would encourage people to check out your website. There are interesting videos. People can kind of get a sense and flavor for your presentation style. And thanks for being a friend of the program. Welcome to the Critical Mass community and continued success in working with your clients. Thank you so much. Have a good day. That was Ken Tenser, partner and CEO for SpiderWorks. After we take our second commercial break, our second guest, Doug Wheeler of Summit Performance Group will be my guest. So stay tuned. We'll be right back after these words from our sponsors. My company made the switch to Commerce National Bank about six months ago. Our relationship officer was there every step of the way to make the transition as seamless as possible. We had an early hiccup with a deposit scanner, but they dropped everything and drove right to our offices to help. We couldn't feel better about our decision to switch. Instead of calling an 800 number and navigating through automated menus, now I call my Commerce National Bank Relationship Officer directly for any questions we have. Just knowing that they're so easily accessible and willing to help really puts me at ease. They offer the same technology as the big banks, but deliver it with superior service and training. They're also rated a full five stars by Bauer Financial. So if your organization is a small or medium-sized business in Orange County, you should make the switch too. 
Call Mary Miller, Senior Vice President at 949-870-3863 or visit him online at www.commercenatbank.com. That's commercenatbank.com. Give Commerce National a chance to do better than your bank and they'll handle the rest. Can we talk about your family business? You know, that thing you put your whole life's blood, sweat, and tears into? Well, what happens when you retire or try and pass that business on to your children? At Succession Strategies, we can help you find the answers. We'll guide you through the unsettling process of protecting your family legacy and successfully passing your business on to the next generation, safely and securely, ensuring that it'll both survive and thrive for generations to come. So ask yourself just one question. Can I really afford to wait? Take the first step. Take our complimentary self-assessment at SuccessionStrategies.com or call us at 714-560-9022 to set up a free consultation at your convenience. That's Succession-Strategies.com. This radio show is one in a series of programs that we air each week. On Tuesdays, you're listening to Critical Mass Radio Show, where we interview business leaders, mostly from Southern California, where we believe you can learn from each other's experiences. On Wednesdays, we feature nonprofit organizations from throughout Southern California in the hopes that by having their executive director and leadership team on our program, we can raise the awareness in the community here in Southern California to the fine work that's being done by these organizations. There are countless, countless, literally thousands of nonprofit organizations servicing our citizens here in Southern California that we're hoping we can expand their community awareness by virtue of being guests here on Critical Mass Nonprofit Show on Thursdays at a different time at 3 p.m. The Tuesday and Wednesday shows are 4 p.m. This show is at 3 p.m. It's our syndicated national show called Critical Mass Coast to Coast. There we feature, again, small and mid-market business leaders, but this time from across the United States. If you'd like to listen to the program, you can live here as all the shows air live on Internet radio station octalkradio.net. Or you can rebroadcast them anytime from Apple iTunes, Stitcher, or other podcasting services that we use. If you'd like to find out more about the programs, then look at our website as well, which is criticalmass4forbusiness.com. Alrighty then, it gives me great pleasure to welcome our second guest, who is actually a returning guest. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, occasionally we have such interesting guests that we want them to come back. The community wants to hear something, or if something significant changes in their firm, and that's the case on both accounts with Doug Wheeler. Doug, welcome back to Critical Mass Radio Show. Great, thank you. How are you today? I am doing well. For those that might have missed your first interview here on the program, let's start by just asking to give us a little bit of a sense of your professional background. Kind of tell us what you did before Summit Performance Group. All right. Well, thanks. Um, I'm approaching um, 33 years now in the travel industry, including uh, 15 years that I worked from 1980 to 85 in the hotel business. Worked in a variety of uh, various management positions and convention catering services and then in sales. And then I was a 
Director of Sales and Marketing for uh, four San Diego-based hotels and resorts. Um, in 1995, I left the hotel business and I started a company. It's called Conference Locators International, which is a site selection and event management incentive company. And we were very, very busy, and business was great. So that in May of 2003, I uh, merged my business with a, an associate, a good friend and business associate, and we created a, a company called Summit Performance Group, which I've been involved with now for coming on the last 10 years. And what is it that Summit Performance Group does? And how are you different than others in your, in your space? Well, we are a multifaceted, full-service event management company, and we specialize in what's called site selection, which is helping to find um, locations for people's various events and meetings. It can be hotels, cruise lines, convention centers, different venues. We also specialize in incentive and corporate travel. Uh, we run full-service events, as we are right now in South Florida with a client. Um, we also provide registration and sports hospitality um, services. And um, we also have a number of tremendous alliances that we have um, put together with providers um, that really have allowed us to provide services globally. Um, I think what makes us a little bit different, we're a boutique firm, but we have great success in that we service the majority of our clients are Fortune 500 and 1,000 corporations. And um, especially in today's economy, I think we've been very successful in being very flexible. Uh, we're nimble, and we've been able to deliver on time and at a budget. And um, really what's important, we have a lot of proprietary systems and technologies, but um, really our business has been about relationships between our teams and client with our channel partners and our global service providers. I don't like to do topical things, but I just have to ask you, there's in the news uh, currently an issue with a Carnival cruise ship that had a fire and some outages. Have you ever had an experience where you put together an incentive travel plan for one of your clients? And I don't know if anything that bad has ever happened, but anything anything that can go wrong, I guess, will go wrong, uh, Murphy's Law or whatever. But. Um, <laughs> it's a great question on a number of occasions, um, especially when you're doing incentive travel. Sometimes people leave home and they let their hair down and uh, they like to go and have a good time. So... Um, We've been very fortunate that we have never had any personal mishaps, let's say with fires or with situations which have left anybody permanently injured. Um, but we have certainly, um, over the years, had um, a number of situations, um, guests that might have been a little bit inebriated, uh, guests who lost passports, uh, guests who lost guests along the way. Um, <laughs> And uh, we've also had several incentive programs actually on ships. And ships are wonderful, um, but they're a very captive audience and a very captive environment, I'll say. And uh, we've had some interesting uh, parties on these ships before. So um, it's unfortunate what's going on out there, but fortunately nobody's been injured, so that's the most important thing. You know, you talk about those incentive travels, and for years I was in uh, technology sales and had the good fortune to go on some of those incentive trips. And I would be amazed that sometimes not only the employee of the company, how, how they might behave, but sometimes the spouse of that employee would let their hair down too. And, and it wasn't always complimentary to the spouse's career within the company. It's just shocking to me. It's like people, do you forget that you're surrounded by, you know, peers and bosses? What are you thinking about here? 
Well, especially I would say pre-recession, or what I call the new economy that we're in. Um, there was a time, let's say back in the early 2000s, when people really, incentives are really strong, and people just went to have a great party. I think people now, just because of corporate perception and uh, being a little bit more careful, you know, people still have a very good time, but um, I think things have quieted down quite a bit the last couple of years, actually. Okay. You know, I said we have guests on because, back on, re-invite guests back on because something significant might have happened, a strategic alliance, etc. And that's the case uh, with Summit Performance Group. So I'm wondering if, I know that you just announced a strategic partnership with Adelman Travel, and I'm wondering if you could tell our audience, what's it like in the early stages of developing a strategic relationship with someone like Adelman? Well, first of all, it's a fantastic opportunity. Um, just to give you a little bit of an overview, Edelman is actually has an office in Irvine, but they are headquartered in Milwaukee, and they're a $600 million corporate agency. They're in the top 10. Um, they have a number of major counts. However, they didn't really have a strength in the event management side of the business. They had a strength, but they, they didn't put a lot of their um, focus on that, and they really wanted to focus more on that and have that solution available. So um, we pretty much worked on, on creating that alliance probably over a one-year period. And um, they are a very large company, and we're not a large company. So there was a, there was a time there that we had to get used to uh, or get acclimated to their systems and their management and their teams and how they, you know, who, the different levels of communication. There were a lot of back-and-forth discussions, face-to-face meetings on basically where they were and where we wanted to go with them, um, a lot of philosophy discussions. Um, but I will say for such a large company, it was really a very open relationship, and we had full access to key people that are decision-makers and and um, founders and of this company. So it was a it was really an excellent experience from the beginning. However, we decided along the way what we wanted to do was to really create an alliance, really get to know each other a little bit better to date and sort of see how things go as we move forward. So um, it's been a really quick process. Um, we signed the alliance agreement right before Thanksgiving. Um, we spent time right before Christmas visiting all of their key offices. We probably met with about 60 of their key people in operations, sales, support, etc., to really talk about um, the philosophy of our business, where their business was, what they thought their clients were looking for, our clients, prospects, etc. So it's, it's been an ongoing uh, process to get to where we are today, um, but it's been, um, it's been great. You know, Doug, that's interesting because um, my experience with other companies that have formed alliances like that, sometimes the smaller company can get overwhelmed trying to meet all the points of contact and get all the mind share that they need with the larger company. It can really, it can really uh, put a lot of stress on the smaller partner because they don't have the, the resources of the larger company, but yet to be as successful, they need to you know, spread themselves throughout as much of the company as possible because that's sort of the scale that you get and the advantage of the opportunity. I don't know if that's been faced by your by Summit Performance Group and working with Edelman or not. And if, if so, could you share a little bit about how you've applied your more limited resources to get the most benefit from the relationship? Well, I think the, I think the most important thing is that we identified early on who the key uh, stakeholders were, the key personnel. Um, we are in no way trying to support their main business or 
um, business line, which is corporate travel fulfillment. Um, but within this, they have the, the need for meetings and events, and there's key people that are involved with that. So we have been assigned to key people, and that's who we communicate with, and that's really worked. So any of the initiatives that we're trying to do on a joint basis really go through about two or three people when it, and for any of the, uh, the operations. The other thing that we've done, too, is that we're really dealing with probably about 20 um, very key people, between four of their offices. And so my business partner and I have divided up the nation where he is really concentrating on two offices and I'm concentrating on three offices. So um, that's allowed us to really have a lot of one-on-one small group time with their operation and salespeople to sort of talk about the joint message that we're trying to do and uh, or trying to get across. In fact, um, for the last couple of weeks, including tomorrow, we have two conference calls. I'll be on the phone with one of their key offices in the Southwest, really disseminating information back and forth and talking about strategy. Um, I spent about two and a half hours um, with their West Coast office out of Irvine today just discussing uh, key clients, key prospects, who we're, we're mutually calling on together and how we can help each other. So, again, it's really having a sign, um, really um, action people in key parts uh, we're also coming out with a joint website together, so I'm dealing with a, a key marketing person. So I'm not dealing with all the different people. It's really been uh, it's been really assigned to us and in, in discussion the best way to approach. Excellent, Doug. We're going to take uh, a commercial break. Sure. When we come back, I'm going to ask you to sort of share with our audience because you were on the show two years ago, and at that time we were in the midst of the Great Recession. I'm, I'm going to ask you to kind of tell our audience a little bit about how. Your company has changed and grown since then and sort of your sense of the marketplace then and now. So, ladies and gentlemen, stay tuned for my more of our interview with Doug Willard. But first, let's hear from our sponsors. Smart Business Network is a business-to-business multimedia company providing insight, advice, and strategy for C-level executives of fast growth, middle market, and large companies. As one of the nation's largest publishers of local management journals, under the Smart Business name, Smart Business Network publishes 19 regional print editions, presents dozens of large and small-scale business conferences and award programs, and produces a vibrant interactive digital media presence. For more information, visit us at www.sbnonline.com. My company made the switch to Commerce National Bank about six months ago. Our relationship officer was there every step of the way to make the transition as seamless as possible. We had an early hiccup with a deposit scanner, but they dropped everything and drove right to our offices to help. We couldn't feel better about our decision to switch. Instead of calling an 800 number and navigating through automated menus, now I call my Commerce National Bank Relationship Officer directly for any questions we have. Just knowing that they're so easily accessible and willing to help really puts me at ease. They offer the same technology as the big banks, but deliver it with superior service and training. They're also rated a full five stars by Bauer Financial. So if your organization is a small or medium-sized business in Orange County, you should make the switch too. Call Mary Miller, Senior Vice President, at 949-870-3863 or visit him online at www.commercenatbank.com. That's commercenatbank.com. Give Commerce National a chance to do better than your bank, and they'll handle the rest. 
Welcome back to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi, and I do know Mary Miller of Commerce National Bank, and she is a wonderful person, and I hope that some of you in our audience, either listening live today or in the future as a podcast, will make the effort to reach out to Commerce National Bank and Mary Miller. In case you haven't seen our TV show, I'm really proud to announce that our newest property within our Critical Mass Media Division is Critical Mass TV Show. You can find it on our YouTube channel or from our website, Critical Mass for Business. The latest interview is with Philip Chang, CEO and founder of Yogurtland. So I hope you'll have time to watch one of our episodes of Critical Mass TV show. All right, let's rejoin our interview with Doug Wheeler of Summit Performance Group. Before the break, I was going to ask, I ask you to kind of share with our audience then and now relative to your two appearances here on the program. So, Doug, would you give us the benefit of your experience, please? Great question, Rick. Thank you. Well, um, I would say when I was on the show last two years, we were in the middle of uh, probably one of the most challenging times I've ever experienced in my career. And um, particularly in the travel meetings, those were the first major expenses to be reduced corporate-wide and we're also in the middle of what we call the AIG effect of public perception, keeping in mind that AIG is a large financial company that had a meeting at the, the St. Regis Monarch Beach that managed to get out into the press, and um, they and the whole industry came under incredible scrutiny. Um, and in particular, that has affected the healthcare and financial industries. So during that time, a lot of our competitors, they closed their doors. Others were in search of more business and revenues. They crossed into product lines, were selling into our space and services to look larger and back and forth. And all I can say is during that time and into today is that we've been very fortunate because as a company, we do a lot of um, proactive thinking, a lot of uh, careful forecasting, and we're not... We haven't been a large company, so we've been able to remain nimble, flexible, and creative and really have uh, gotten through a, uh, a difficult time. So today, I'd say that we are moving forward in what I call the new economy, and there's still a lot of challenges out there with the travel and meetings industry. Um, in whole, there's still public perception. There's a little bit of government uncertainty with the physical cliff situation. There's a world events that happen every day. And there's also been an explosion of technology in our industry in the last three years, and that in many ways um, has replaced some of the human involvement and in services of our industry and made business a little bit more transactional. Um, so we're really still working in an environment of uncertainty. Uh, business decisions are very last minute. And as an owner, ideally, you want to be proactive, but in many cases, we've had to be, uh, we still continue to have to be very reactive. Um, so what's really important to us right now is a tremendous amount of communication back and forth between our prospects, clients, and our teams so that we're ready and we can react. And also to have and maintain um, outstanding relationships with our service providers, whether they be a hotel, a destination services company, a production company, because when we're reacting to a client need, they need to, they need to react just as quickly so that we look like we're really closely aligned. So we have to do, continue to do a lot of very careful financial forecasting. Uh, we have to be very strategic with our human resources allocation, moving teams around to very, various projects. Through all that, I still have some hair left on my head. Mm. So, I'm sorry, Doug, but if there, was, if there are entrepreneurs out there who are students, college students who are thinking about 
event planning as a career. Mm -hmm. What do you see relative to, uh, not to date you, but I'm just, the young, the next generation who, who, who are looking at this industry as a profession, what would be an, any advice that you might have for them about this profession? Well, the industry is enormous. It employs, I think I read recently, one out of every seven people that are employed are somehow related to the travel industry, whether it be food and entertainment, whether it be in the hotel industry, whether it be airlines, travel agency, or whatever. So it's still a huge, it's a still a huge opportunity. And what we need is we need very service-oriented people. You have to like people. You have to like, um, be a gregarious person. You have to um, be definitely a service-oriented type of person. The other thing that I think that's really important, and most of the younger generation coming out today, and we hire a lot of young people, is that you have an incredibly strong technology background because technology is a, is a key part of our industry and how business happens every day. Um, I'll tell you what I like best about the industry and when I talk to young people about it. What I like is it's interesting. It's fascinating. You're dealing with people. And every day, any number of changes can happen, usually for the good. The other thing I like about it is that when we're working with companies on planning events, working on um, incentive opportunities, a product launch, whatever it might be, we're really working within the inner sanctum of that company. So we're constantly being educated and learning about new things that are going on out there. Um, many companies that we work with really share a lot of uh, information before it ever hits the public about their new products, their new ideas. And that's what makes the industry really fascinating. And I think it's a great opportunity. I think incentive travel is having, as I said, having been a, a sales professional for a lot of years and having achieved that on occasion, it is such a, when done right, it is such a motivator for future performance. I just, I think the, the return on, on that, not just in a sales organization, but any type of recognition events like that, when done properly with a professional organization, can really create a sense of commitment on those people, those employees for the next year, because you want to you want to go back. You want to attain that level of distinction so you get the right to go back and enjoy that again. Absolutely. I, uh, the, the theme of our company is meetings motivate and motivation matters. And very often the conversations that we have with people, an initial conversation, when people are trying to have a better understanding of what we're all about, is very often I'll sit with somebody and say, how do you motivate your people here? How do you thank your people? How do you thank your clients, your channel distributors, your partners? Motivation's really critical. I would say that during the, um, the times that we just came through, the financial recession, whatever you might want to call it, um, a lot of the motivation was having a job. I don't think that's the case any longer. I think America's moving. I think things are getting a lot better, and companies have a lot of pent-up energy in them. So motivation is absolutely critical to keep your key people. Well, and I've seen Gallup surveys and others that predict as as the employment picture brightens for uh, you know the economy, there's a there's a latent desire of a large percentage of the population to find new jobs because of maybe the tough times that they've been through with their current employer. And, and I think, and I'm working with my clients up in Orange County, to say you really need to begin to recognize your employees and make sure they're happy because nothing can be worse, I think, than as you begin to recover from the recession and grow again to lose some of your key talent 
and then have to, you know, kind of reset your talent pool, that can really, I think, affect the company's trajectory. So keeping them happy and engaged is, is really important. And it's not too early to start, I believe, as you said. I think the economy is on the rebound now, and the time is now to really make sure you're rewarding your people and recognizing them for their performance. Well, I'm part of an organization um, that's called IRF, which is the Incentive Research Foundation, and I go to many of their meetings, and I was at one recently, and they actually shared with us, interestingly enough, a bunch of trends. And it's exactly what you just said. Engagement-driven is key. Retention and culture are critical. In fact, they shared with us that 75% of most workers might consider a new job. They say that 50% are actively looking and that 40% are top managers. So retention of key individuals is really critical. That is also the whole advent and the oncoming of just different generations of people, you know, the Ys and the Xs along with my generation, to keep those people motivated, but also working to figure out how closely to work with those people in our business. That's a key thing. Doug, if someone wants to learn more about Summit Performance Group, what's your website? It would be www.summitpg.com. It is great to have you back on the show. We're going to have you back. It won't be two years, but I'd like to get you back again. Your uh, interesting conversation. Thanks for being a friend of the program, being you know willing to give your time to come back and and share with our audience the latest that's going on with Summit Performance Group. Continued success and a successful 2013, Doug. The same to you, Rick. Thanks very much. You're welcome. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is another installment of Critical Mass Radio Show. Uh, I'd like to thank you for spending time with us either here today live on the Internet radio station, octalkradio.net, or as a podcast off of iTunes, Stitcher, or one of the other podcasting services that we're using to beam our message around the world. We do this show to help you make better, more informed business decisions, and I think our conversations hopefully today with Doug and Ken have given you some insight and ideas and uh, you can adapt them to your business. I'd like to thank our sponsors, without whom the show wouldn't be possible, Succession Strategies, Commerce National Bank, Smart Business Magazine, and Smart Stop Self-Storage. As I said earlier, our, our engineer for today was Paul Roberts. Our marketing communications manager is Kelly Faltus. Our guest coordinator is Kathleen Shepard. Our producer is Rachel Franzi. And I'm your host, Rick Franzi. To learn more about this radio program and the other things we do at Critical Mass for Business, visit our website, criticalmass4forbusiness.com. Until the next time we have a chance to talk, here's hoping that all of your decisions move your business in a positive direction. If you are an Orange County business executive, this message is for you. Do you ever feel isolated with no place to turn for advice or feedback? Who holds you accountable to your commitments in your company? Where do you find the right resources to help you and your company grow? If you have these questions, then Critical Mass for Business might be the answer for you. Critical Mass for Business is committed to helping you make better decisions. These are groups of peers running businesses just like you, providing a great sounding board to test ideas and concepts, review plan and goals, and present issues and opportunities for discussion. The result is improved strategy, accountability, people, and execution skills. If you are interested in learning more, go to www.criticalmassforbusiness.com and learn more about our executive peer group.
You've been listening to Critical Mass Radio Show right here on OCTalkRadio.net.